Ladies and gentlemen, let me officially welcome you to week five of the NFL season and welcome into today's episode of the Fancy Football Fellows podcast. Lucas Wenzel, Cameron Lawrence here with you today. No, Tyler, Cameron and I will hold down the fort. We are going to break down the best and worst matchups ahead of week five running back matchups wide receiver matchups we'll throw in a quarterback tight end streamer as well we'll discuss the worst matchups and we'll close it out uh with a little segment at the end cameron i figured out a name for it you saw Ooh. it on the doc what what do you before i tell the people like what do you actually what do you actually think of the, the segment name i think i think it's good i think it's been just kind of characterizes how the entire season's been going for us right now. So I think it's perfect. I 100, 100% <laughs> characterizes how the season has been so far. I 100% agree. We'll get to that at the end. You'll, you'll hear how we've rebranded it, but we'll cruise through some underdog pickums uh, and we'll give you some of our favorite picks of the week. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, turn on those notifications. Make sure you get notified every time a new video comes out. YouTube video podcast, short form videos. If you're listening to the audio podcast thank you so much for listening make sure to subscribe leave us a nice little review over there and the socials ffl is on twitter the ffl is on instagram fancy football fellas facebook youtube tick talk let's get into it let's dive into the best and worst matchups i don't want to keep the people waiting any longer As we always do, we are going to start with the best matchups of the week, in our opinion. We'll give you a few reasons why. Banter a little bit on it. We'll give you the worst matchups. But Cameron, let's start with uh, the best running back matchups right now. What is your favorite running back matchup of the week? It's the Cardinals running backs versus the Bengals. And I think you might see a theme throughout this uh, best matchups. I'm just going to foreshadow a little. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. But I think you'll pick up on a theme relatively quickly. But the Bengals are the f- giving up the fifth worst yards per carry right now at 4.89 yards per carry. Henry and Chubb both had 100 plus yards. I understand. Henry, it's it's Derek Henry and Nick Chubb. Like it's not. I'm not saying it's you know Chubb Hubbard and Miles Sanders, but they have given up 100 yards twice. They're giving up 4.89 per carry, and the Bengals' offense has been terrible. Right, Burrow has been playing just awful. So the Cardinals are going to for sure at least keep this competitive. And with the way they've looked over the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Cardinals could easily um, sneak or t- uh, sneak out a win at home. And when you look at their running back, James Conner, last week was his first week without 15 touches. And they played the 49ers, so it makes sense, right? That That is a matchup where you're not going to run the ball a ton. So James Conner should see plenty of volume in this game against a defense that just really hasn't been great in an offense that hasn't got – offense in the Bengals that hasn't got anything going. So I really like James Conner this week against the Bengals. Yeah, you say 4.89 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that That's like music to my ears for James Conner because again, James Conner, he's relatively matchup proof. We mm-hmm. discussed this. We discussed this on last week's episode. I can't remember when it was, but I remember we discussed this where I, I brought up, yeah, Jason Moore and Fantasy Football. She's like, look, James Conner is basically matchup proof. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of is because he just gets touches. And mm-hmm. you're right. He wasn't going to get that against the 49ers last week. 49ers were going to smoke them. We're going to be playing from behind. It wasn't going to be James Conner getting fed, you know, 15 rushing attempts. But now you look at the Bengals. Yeah, an offense that's been struggling. They're giving up 4.89 yards per carry to running backs. I can get James Conner a hot hand. Conner's already hit 100 yards this year. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of, of James Conner this week. He is, he is locked into all my lineups, and that's not just because 
you know, I, I think he's a, a kind of a lock in your lineup every single week since he really can't bust. But yeah, I, I love the match with the Bengals this week. I think I think he'll perform perfectly fine for for your fantasy football team this week. For sure. I'll talk about my favorite running back matchup here. How about the Carolina Panthers? Their defense, huh, not their running backs. Their <laughs> no. defense plays the Detroit Lions. Uh, look, if the Panthers can sacrifice 90-plus rushing yards to Alexander Madison, I have seen enough to know that they are a bad run defense because Alexander Madison is not a running back who should be totally more than 60 rushing yards per game. Let's just be perfectly honest. He is not that talented of an NFL running back. The Panthers, they currently give up the fourth most fancy points per game to running backs this year. They allow the third most rushing yards. They've allowed six rushing touchdowns, which is second in the league to only Denver. And let's be honest, if it weren't for Miami throwing a 70-burger on them, <laughs> Carolina Panthers would probably be leading all NFL teams and rushing uh, touchdowns allowed to running backs. And now you here, here comes David Montgomery. He just shredded the Packers for 121 yards on 32 rushing attempts, found the end zone three times, and the Lions, oh my gosh, they should. Th- this offense is no joke. They should probably be playing ahead in this game, assuming Amon Ra does suit up this week. Did you hear that? That he he may not actually suit up this week? No, I did not. Unless if I'm unless if I misread or misheard I, information. I will, I, those- I will make sure of that. Yeah, you, you, can, you can fact check me on that. But last I had heard, there, Amon Ra was listed as questionable going into this week. Um, if he's not, I'd just sound like an idiot. We can cut this out. But uh, look, the Lions are going to be playing from ahead in this game. That's going to give Monty plenty of opportunities to get fed the ball, to find the end zone, right? But I think the real question here is is Jameer Gibbs. Um, I, after, gosh, you know, four straight disappointing weeks. What are you doing with Jameer Gibbs? I kind of think you have to start him. Do you think you have to start Jameer Gibbs this week? I just think the matchup is too good. I think if he's still on your roster and you're not actively trying to trade him, you should be starting him because that means you believe in him. And that means there there really isn't going to be a better matchup for Jameer Gibbs moving forward, right? This is this is about as good as it gets um, as a running back matchup. So yeah, you got to trust in Jameer Gibbs. You were right um, about Amon Ra. He's would have been... Lions didn't hold a practice today, but he would have been listed as a non-participant. Uh, he has an abdomen issue, and it's just something to monitor going forward. So especially if Amon Ra's out, Gibbs could see huge amount of yes. receiving work in this game. Um, and then even even with Gibbs, too, I just want to, like, I've heard a lot of people going, well, Jamison Williams is back. Jamison Williams has no effect on Jameer Gibbs, right? They, they're not, their paths really aren't going to cross on the field. Jamison Williams is going to be a deep threat for this team. It's really Amon Ra, Sam Laporta, and Jameer Gibbs who are going to kind of be fighting for that you know, check down, uh, middle of the middle of the field kind of area. So I think if I'm on Ra's out, it's a fantastic matchup and even not, I mean, you gotta be starting up Jameer Gibbs this week. Yeah. Uh, let's, I want to play a little bit of a name game with Jameer Gibbs, because I think a thing is, this is a point where a lot of people are like, I don't know, do I, like, I don't really want to start him if he's only given mm-hmm. me nine points. Is there anybody who can give me more upside? So I, let's, I'm going to cruise through a list of names here. Uh, we could do a little bit of, uh, who would you rather start this week? Uh, Raheem Mostert or Jameer Gibbs? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Mostert gets the Giants. Yeah, he has a great matchup. I'm going to lean Gibbs, but my Mostert can make me look dumb for that one. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm still going to lean Raheem Mostert just based on what I have seen mm. this year, even though Devon Achan is just, oh my gosh, he is an absolute, he's an absolute animal right now. But mm. I think I'm still going to lean Mostert on that one, even if he does you know, sacrifice work to 
uh, Chan. How about, uh, let's go same matchup, Miles Sanders or Jameer Gibbs. He gets, obviously, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I am definitely going to go Gibbs on this one. I think I'm going to go Gibbs as well. Sanders still listed as questionable. Did split work with Chuba Hubbard last week. I think I would lean Sanders there. Damian Pierce against the Falcons. Mm. I think Pierce is going to be safer, but I think I'm going to lean Gibbs because I think Pierce is safer. It's like 10, fa- 10 PPR fantasy points. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, Damian Pierce is safe is like he'll probably get you nine for sure. Yeah. Gibbs is like, I can get you seven, yeah. but then I could explode for 25, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I would play the more explosive guy there. Uh, two more, Alexander Madison. Against the Chiefs. I think I'm gonna go Gibbs. I don't like that Madison matchup. Yeah, against the Chiefs. I would I would lean Gibbs there as well. Again, against the Chiefs and splitting work with Cam Akers now. Mm-hmm. I would I would definitely go Gibbs there for for the again, just the higher upside. And this last guy, because I think this is an interesting conversation we need to have about this backfield now. Brees Hall in a great matchup with the Denver Broncos, yeah. supposedly. Now reported, Robert Sala says, "Oh no, no more, no more cuffs on the guy. He's he's free. Mm. He's he's gonna he's he's got a full role now. We're not gonna hold him back anymore." Brees Hall or Jameer Gibbs? So I think I'm gonna lean Brees Hall, but I'm gonna say it with this caveat that I think people are overplaying how good of a matchup this is gonna be for Brees Hall, especially with the comments from Robert Sala where they're like. Oh man, he's got you know no more snap count. There's still gonna be a committee in that backfield, right? Even without a snap count, uh, with Dalvin Cook, they paid Dalvin Cook too much money to not try to throw him in there. I think if anything, it means he's probably gonna take over any snaps that Michael Carter was getting. But in this in this matchup, right? I think people are seeing Zach Wilson played so much better against the Chiefs. This offense is finally getting clicking. It just feels like to me we're going to be just disappointed again when Zach Wilson returns to you know his original form and we see that Denver is going to kind of collapse uh, collapse on this um, offense. So I think Brees Hall is the start there, but I don't think Brees Hall is like this start of the week that I think some people are going to try to make him out to be. I don't know what to make of this situation because on the one hand, I really do hope Brees gets the full role, mm-hmm. and because Dalvin Cook, he golly, he's looked yeah. awful too. So part of me is like, do they just give him the full load? I kind of hope they do. Yeah, I'd love that for Brees Hall. But at the same time, I you're right. I I'm afraid this Jets offense might just still be too bad mm-hmm. and not be able to capitalize on a terrible Broncos defense. So you're right. I think I would lean Brees there. Because I think, again, if we're talking upside, you know, Brees, mm. all it takes is for him to rip off a, a 70-yard run and you know, he's giving you 13 points on a touchdown for the week. Yeah, Gibbs, I don't know if he's – we haven't seen that from him yet. Mm. It's there, but we haven't seen it. So I think I would lean Brees as well, but that that's the last one I wanted to bring up there. But anyways, all that to say, like, the Carolina Panthers are a great matchup for running backs this week. You're firing up David Montgomery. Uh, he's going to be a top-12 play for me this week. Uh, and Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to find the low-end running back tune range for me. So I would fire both of them up, though I understand the, the, the pessimism with Jameer Gibbs there. For sure. Let's uh, let's discuss wide receivers before we move on to the worst, uh, before we turn it over to streaming options here, Cam. Uh, give me your best wide receiver matchup for the week. 
Mine is actually going to be the Rams versus the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a defense that we've kind of, we were really scared about coming into the year, and rightfully so. You look at their really their front front four. Uh, I think you could say their probably their front seven is what, what you'll say. The front four, you know, is absolutely dominant. I think their linebackers are pretty good too, but their secondary has you know it just hasn't been that great this season. I um, they've had injuries in the secondary. Obviously, that's affecting it, but. That's the way teams have been able to keep up. That's what the way teams have been um, Washington almost beating them last week, taking them to overtime. That's how these teams have stayed competitive. And the Eagles defense reminds me a little bit of the 49ers, right? We, we look at the way the 49ers play as well. They're dominant up front. Um, they're just getting to the quarterback. But Sean McVay knows how to deal with that. Sean McVay is a fantastic play caller. He knows how to get the ball out of Stafford's hands quickly. Stafford. You know, he played for Detroit for forever, so he knows how to get the ball out quickly. And in that 49ers game, Puka had 15 receptions on 20 targets for 147 yards, and Tutu Atwell had seven receptions for 77 yards. The Eagles are giving up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers right now. And so for me, they got to be starts. We look at Cup, right, because he could be back this week. For me, if Cup starts, you play Cup no matter what, because the, the way that the Rams have been talking about cup moving forward they've they've pretty much said we're not going to play him unless he's ready to go they don't want to risk it risk anything with cup they you know they don't want him this being worse so if he doesn't play then obviously you're still starting puka and tutu um i, I just love that that is their first names <laughs> you, you have a wide receiver <laughs> you got cooper puka tutu um and then but if cooper cup does play i still think you have to start nakua um and then obviously you're starting cooper cup as well I, I'm just shocked how many fantasy points the Eagles are giving up to wide receivers this year. Like, mm-hmm. this is a secondary that's supposed to be good. Like, yeah. the defensive front is phenomenal. The Eagles, yeah, fifth most fantasy points given up to wide receivers this year. 46 fantasy points per game to wideouts. Mm-hmm. It's just surprising uh, how many points they're sacrificing on the on the outside to, to wide receivers this year. So, yeah, honestly, I really don't hate it because it's a game that I think the Rams are probably going to have to throw to, to stay in. Mm-hmm. I know the Eagles offense hasn't looked the same, but yeah, there's nothing there's nothing overly special about this Rams defense that should slow down the Eagles. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I think I I, I don't mind. I think you gotta fire up Puka still this week. Oh, yeah. Cooper Cup is back. You're obviously gonna play him. I don't know if I would play Tutu Atwell necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I think those two guys are still very safe plays against a secondary that's been bleeding fantasy points to wide receivers this year. For sure. How about the Ravens wide receivers against the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's my favorite wide receiver matchup of the week. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to start with this. This is 100% a Zay Flowers bet. I, I know Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham, they return to practice on Wednesday. But honestly, I think they're just going to be DFS dart throws this week because Zay Flowers has clearly been the guy. Now, again, I know injuries, whatever, you, you can name it. But Zay Flowers has looked like the best wide receiver in that offense. 29 targets through four games this year for Zay Flowers. It's just over seven targets per game excuse me he has two games with 10 plus or with 10 targets excuse me already the Steelers they currently give up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wideouts they have allowed a 90 yard receiver in every single game this year they have allowed three wide receivers to top 125 receiving yards they have allowed two wide receivers to eclipse 150 receiving yards this year I Zay Flowers is such a smash star for me I know in these I've said it before these AFC North matchups are typically just battles in the trenches. 
but the Ravens running backs, like I know the Steelers run defense isn't that great, but really you want, you want me to assume that justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, Keaton Mitchell, the rookie, like are just going to come in and like just trounce the Steelers defense to the point where they're just going to run the ball. Like I think Lamar is going to have to throw to Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers sees, you know, seven, eight targets racks up. 60 70 80 receiving yards i think it's a great chance he finds the end zone this week this is a matchup i absolutely love for zay flowers and he's finding my he's finding his way into all my lineups this week if i have the ability to yeah i i would agree i the steelers defense has just not been great now you got kenny pickett banged up and he's still gonna play even though he hasn't looked great right so the steelers offense is probably gonna you know be seeing some turnovers in this game I do want to say you mentioned Keaton Mitchell. He's a guy that if you have an extra bench spot, he's a guy I would look to stash yep. just because John Harbaugh had talked Harbaugh had talked up talked him up uh, in the preseason that obviously they got hurt and this Ravens backfield is tough. So I, I just want to throw that out there that if you do got an extra spot, right? I'm not going out and dropping dropping players for him at this moment, but if you got an extra spot, I would pick him up. But yeah, going back to Zay Flowers, he's the only guy you can trust in this wide receiver room. And in, in this matchup against the Steelers, yeah, you, you definitely got to be firing him up this week. Yeah, I think uh, Rashad Bateman will probably find his way into a few DFS plays this week. But mm-hmm. no, Zay Flowers is by far the guy I want in this wide receiver room, and it's a great matchup with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's close out the best matchups with a few quarterback tight end streaming options. We typically pick one 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 quarterback. Oh, my goodness. One quarterback or one tight end each. We share why we think they'd be a good streaming option if you're in a pinch this week. So, Cameron, give me your streaming option of the week. Yeah, I mentioned that you're going to see a little bit of a theme, and so we're going to continue on it. I got Josh Dobbs this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they're at home, and the Cincinnati Bengals team has been struggling um, just as a whole. Uh, they have been worse against the run than they have against the pass. But Josh Dobbs has also been pretty hot uh, over the last couple of games. He had 23-plus fantasy points in two of his last three games. Um and the one game he didn't was the big win they had over the Cowboys. Uh, he's had 30-plus attempts in three out of four games so far. And in his last three games, this is what has been big for Josh Dobbs, 40 rushing yards in each yeah. game over his last three games. That's just, And uh, I don't remember if it was he had nine or 12 attempts, uh, one of the two in against the 49ers last week. So he is moving out of the pocket. Um, he threw for 250 yards last week. I know the score didn't reflect it, but he actually kept that game a lot more competitive um, then, you know, with the final final score indicated against the 49ers. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust Josh Dobbs in this matchup at home against the Bengals. I'm going to go ahead. I'll just transition. I'm just going to take his tight end. Uh, first of all, okay, you know, actually, first, before I dive into that, let me, let me, let me start with this. Uh, I am never, ever, this is my official breakup with Luke Musgrave. I am never picking that man again in my lifetime. He has made me look like an idiot for two straight weeks i hype him up all the stats are there i have it this is the week freaking one reception for one yard i know we left because of injury but like what a week to make me look stupid in, in the best matchup you could ask mm-hmm. for this year i'm uh, twice now luke musgrave has just absolutely made me look like a freaking idiot so i am never choosing him again uh but zach Ertz is my stream of the week i don't get it Riddle me this. How is how is Zach Ertz? I almost said Cam Akers or whatever. Isn't Zach Ertz? How is Zach Ertz rostered in only 28% of Yahoo leagues and only 57 of ESPN leagues? 
Like th- this is a guy, he is currently the tight end 10. He is a top 10 tight end. He is second in tight end targets to only TJ Hawkinson, who trails by only one target. Zach, er- what, what that's telling me is that Zach Ertz isn't giving you, like Zach Ertz didn't just have like a 28 point week and just hasn't found, you know, any fancy points since. He's mm-hmm. giving you steady production every single week. And while you know some people in your leagues are like, ah, I'm just going to chase the dart throw who's going to give me 20. Like, that's respectable. But, like, it's getting really hard to predict at the tight end position who's going to give you that every single week. So, look, Cincinnati, they're giving up 15.25 fancy points per game to tight ends this year. That is the sixth most in the league. I think he is a phenomenal start this week. If you're playing in the Yahoo League, please go out and s- scoop this man up. Golly, get him in your lineup because I think we could be in uh, for a, a top seven week from Zach Ertz this week. He will be ranked inside of my top seven tight ends this week. Yeah, I mean, it really just comes down to the fact he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. If he right. had, t- you know, if he had a touchdown, and then and he he had one go through his hands last week, and he in garbage time and could have ended up with a touchdown, and we'd be looking at him very differently. But he was a guy who was really left for dead coming off the injury, and with Trey McBride supposedly supposed to step up and. Zach Ertz is the guy right now. Uh, he is just taking control of that tight end room, and Josh Dobbs trusts him, obviously, by giving him 31 targets on the air. So, yeah, be fi- I would be firing up Zach Ertz pretty much every single week until he gives you a reason not to. 100%. Um, good thing Ty isn't here to make us both eat our words this <laughs> offseason about Trey McBride, how we thought he would be uh, uh-huh. taking Zach Ertz here. So there's a reason why Ty isn't on <laughs> the show today. Uh, let's take a quick break, Cam. We'll be back with the worst matchups ahead of week five. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLAS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Alrighty, we are back and we are going to discuss the worst matchups now ahead of week five. Cameron, give me your least favorite running back matchup this week. We played the name game earlier. I said I'd take Gibbs over Miles Sanders. And so the Panthers are my worst matchup. And partly because Miles Sanders looked so terrible last week, I do think a big part due to the groin injury um, and Shubba Hubbard. You know, he played he played all right, but we saw who he was last year, right? We, we know what kind of what kind of running back he is. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not worried about him overtaking Miles Sanders, but the fact that you've got two running backs for eh against a Lions team who has completely flipped the script from last year. Uh, the beginning of last year, it was, oh, you have a running back against the Lions? Smash play. Didn't matter who he was. Didn't matter if he had one leg or two legs. He was a smash play <laughs> against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> And this year, they're giving up 45 rushing yards a game to running backs. They've That's held Bijan and Ken Walker to both less than 45 rushing yards. I mean, Bijan Robinson hasn't been slowed down by anybody so far this year, except for the Detroit Lions. And so you you got two struggling running backs against one of the best rush defenses in the league. Sounds like a matchup I would stay away from. And so, you know, if especially if their lead back is going to come up with an injury. So, yeah, I wouldn't. 
I would probably look elsewhere than trying to start Miles Sanders this week. It's just crazy to me how and, and like the Lions got better against the run towards the tail end of last season. Like they mm-hmm. did get better throughout the the, the tail end uh, of last year. And and you mentioned it was the early, the first part of last year where mm-hmm. it was just like no. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, if that's uh, yes. who was playing him that week, yeah, you're firing up Keaton Mitchell. Top 10 play for Keaton Mitchell that week, right? Obviously, rookie this year, but to, just to make a point of like, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, one leg, two legs. <laughs> Didn't matter. Is he playing with pads or not? Doesn't matter. Yep. Get him out on the football field. Um, yeah. But now, yeah, to one of the best run defenses in the league, they have been brutal to opposing running backs this year. So, yeah, I. I would stay away from Miles Sanders this week. And even if he does have an injury, I would stay away from Chuba Hubbard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another backfield situation that may be a little bit murky going into this week. We'll see how this plays out throughout the week, but I'm going to take the Colts running backs against the Tennessee Titans. I don't want to play any of them this week. Um, now, let me be clear. I shouldn't say I don't want to play any of them this week. Zach Moss. We'll see if he's the starter this week. If he is indeed the starter, I'm not. I'm not touching him in this game. But if it's Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you, you kind of got to play Jonathan Taylor because, you know, he is Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor after all. But but even in week four, okay, let's go back to week four with Zach Moss first. Okay, he had 18 attempts for 70 yards. It was a decent little outing, but only seven fantasy points didn't give you anything in the receiving game. Only averaged 3.9 yards per carry. And Tennessee, they're, they're only allowing 13.2 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. That's actually the third fewest in the league. We know how good this run defense is. So really, I mean, what it comes down to, because I can talk about Zach Moss all I want, but Jonathan Taylor, he did return. He he is um, eligible to return from the pup list. Hasn't been activated yet, but should he get activated? Do you play Jonathan Taylor? Do you not? I kind of think you do, but if he plays, I'm definitely dampening my expectations because this is a really brutal matchup to come back to. But my guess is that he doesn't play this week. I think he still just kind of make, makes the Colts pay a little bit, trying to get out of there, wiggle his way out of the organization, or you know, get a big contract, obviously, one of the two. I think Zach Moss suits up this week. So I'm going to assume Zach Moss is a starter, and I'm not touching him this week. He's going to happily sit on my bench this week while I play someone in, in a much, much better matchup who has far more explosiveness and upside uh, than Zach Moss this week. Yeah, so Jonathan Taylor, I just checked, was listed as a full participant at practice. That doesn't mean, you know, that he's going to be activated. It doesn't even mean he's going to play for the Colts, but he was listed as a full participant. They asked Coach Shane Steichen about it. He said, we'll see, when asked about if Jonathan Taylor was going to play this week, if he was going to play moving forward. So That means no. <laughs> yes, he was, you know, noncommittal at best about um jonathan taylor's outlook but yeah i couldn't agree more you beat this titans team through the air and if it's anthony richardson or zach moss running the ball in this game they're probably going to go with um richardson there will be much better matchups if zach moss stays the starting running back moving forward but yeah this is not the one where i'd be firing moss up in yeah the the titans are just going to clog the trenches and uh, again let's just have anthony richardson beat us with his arm uh, and I mean, we saw how that went versus the the Rams last week. Uh, so I again, that, there's a lot more to that game than just Anthony Richardson's arm talent, obviously. But with how stout this team is against the run, yeah, I would go ahead and put Zach Moss on your bench this week. Cam, give me your least favorite wide receiver matchup this week. Now, I mean, they're probably a bad matchup every week, but it's the Falcons wide receivers uh, versus the Texans. The Texans are giving up the third least amount of points to the wide receiver position. Zay Flowers is the only wide receiver so far this year to have more than sixty receiving yards against them in a game and so drake london in a minus matchup you know 
you're probably looking at a sit, right? I mean, he's a guy anyways, who's just based on um, touchdown upside. And if you give Arthur Smith the option between a neutral running matchup or a uh, negative passing matchup, I think we know which one he's going to lean on moving forward. Even if you give him a as positive passing matchup as you can versus a negative running matchup, he's still going to lean on the run game. Yeah. So I would be staying away from the Falcons wide receivers in this one. And, you know, we'll just be looking elsewhere. And honestly, Drake London, I do think, you know, it's time for that conversation. I mean, we've been yes. kind of having it Can all year. It? Can we yeah, have I, it? I, I think we can, especially since Ty isn't here. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we have total freedom to make this con- to have this conversation now. I love this. Is It's it's hard because you're like, you're really looking at a guy who is strictly touchdown dependent. Uh, yes. I, I, I don't know what his target high for the year is, but it can't be over Hold six. Uh, and so... I just, you know, there's there's just not a lot about Drake London that excites me. I don't think he should be dropped, but he's definitely not an every week starter. No, no, golly, no. I don't think he's been an every week starter since week one. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he was drafted to be, but like Drake London, one target in week one, eight in week two, six in week right. three, seven in week four. Oh, so that's wrong. But 18 fantasy points in week two, 11 in week four, five in week three. So wide receiver 21, the wide receiver 81, the wide receiver 32 from week two to week four, two touchdowns uh, in weeks two and four as well. So I think I agree. I am with you on like the man needs a touchdown mm-hmm. if he's going to cash in on your lineup. And even we saw last week, the wide receiver 32, he scored a touchdown. That's not even yeah. like that, that's flex territory. Sure. But like. I yeah, I yeah, I don't think Drake London is is a drop just mm-hmm. yet. Could he get there at some point this year? I absolutely think he could. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing him. This is, this is still the classic, like, man, the Texans are bad on defense, but they're bad against the run. Like yeah. everybody is still just running the crap out of the football against the Texans. Uh, they currently, I mean, not even that the Texans don't even, how are the Texans? I'm trying to f- find how in the world they have given up. The, their top seven in fantasy points allowed to running backs, but have only had the ball run on them 88 times. Five rushing touchdowns, I would yeah. probably do it. I mean, I think this is a game, again, Arthur Smith is just going to feed the ball to Bijan and just say, go to work, young man, and Bijan's going to get to work, I'll tell you yeah. that. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. I think just because this defense is quote-unquote bad, Texans have just been stingy against wide receivers because nobody throws on them. Yeah. They don't need to throw on him. So uh, I'm 100% with you there on sitting Drake London this week. My least favorite matchup uh, is going to be the Broncos wide receivers against the New York Jets. And I really, really shouldn't have to do much explaining on this one uh, because the Jets are only allowing 25 and a half fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. That is the third fewest. And this Jets offense, look, this Jets offense just isn't going to be high-powered enough to take advantage of this struggling Broncos defense. Now, what, Zach Wilson's projection on underdog is, what, 200 and a half passing yards? Mm-hmm. I mean, could he go over that? Sure. Higher than that? Sure. But, like, I, what if he comes crashing down to earth? What if he makes the – what if – it is 100% possible that Zach Wilson, instead of looking good against this Broncos defense, makes the Broncos defense look good. Mm-hmm. because that's the nature of Zach Wilson. He was supposed to look bad against the Chiefs, one of the best passing defenses in the NFL. Now, you want to know what he's going to – he looked good in that game. So now he's going to go into a game where he should look good 
and he's going to toss like four picks mm-hmm. because that, that's just, that's just how it's going to work at Zach Wilson. So I don't think I, I just don't trust this jets offense to actually be able to capitalize on this Broncos defense. Uh, I just think there's plenty of other options out there, especially with sauce Gardner roaming the perimeter, just other guys I would rather play than Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton this week. Nothing against them, but I would just I would rather avoid them than put them into my lineup this week. I think they're going to struggle against Sauce Gardner and company. Yeah, we talked about it in the takeaways video. It was a career day for Zach Wilson, and it was yeah. 260 passing yards and two touchdowns with no picks. Right, that that was the best game he has ever had in the NFL as a starter. So even if he has the best game he's ever had. Right, it's still not going to be exactly a f- great game. He's not throwing up 350 yards and four touchdowns. It's 270 and three if he has this, you know, his a better game than what he just had, which obviously would be a great game. But we're not talking about Zach Wilson going out there and exploding. I, I'm not banking on Zach Wilson having two career days back to back. So yeah, I, I just I don't want to put my faith in a guy just because he plays a defense who's been giving up a lot of points. It's not. Not necessarily what I'm going to do when he has such a bad track record in the NFL so far. Right, yeah. It's a track record that really drags it down for Zach Wilson. I 100% mm-hmm. agree. All right, that wraps out the best and worst matchups. Cameron, let's close out the episode with a few underdog picks. All righty. It's time for the big reveal. We are now calling this segment the fellas full fade of the week and absolutely atrocious so far this year it's comical i mean look we mostly enjoy doing this because it adds a little more excitement to the game this isn't something we're not like we're not playing this professionally to try and make a profit on it. Like a lot of people do in the given industry. We do this to add some fun to the game, little fun, little wagers on the game. That That's all we do in this. So we have fun doing it, but we also recognize <laughs> our picks have stunk. Uh, they have, they have not been going well. And, and part of it is maybe because, you know, we're making these picks, uh, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Evening, and a lot of these things don't even happen until Sunday. So, mm-hmm. you know, Got Amari Cooper. Ty chose Amari Cooper four and a half receptions. Uh, I uh, you know, had no clue Deshaun Watson was going to play <laughs> this last week. Uh, and, of course, you know, DTR was not going to get the job done. And I think I would have definitely pivoted had we known that. That being said, we're still going to make our favorite picks. But it probably, if you, if, if you want to try and, and make a nice little dime, you may as well just go through the opposite of <laughs> what we do because that's how it's been turning out this year. So that was full fate of the week. Cameron, I'll let you start things off here. Who is your entry for this week's fellas full fate? I do just want to say before I jump into this, two things. First, I just realized you were talking about the Broncos wide receivers and I went on a whole Zach Wilson thing. and didn't even touch on the Broncos. So I am sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> well, but, but I mean, it fits though, right? Because, yes. because if the Broncos are going to, if the Broncos are going to have to throw the ball, if they're yeah. going to have a game like they did against the commanders, right? If they're yes. going to have a game like they did against the Miami dolphins, they're, they're going to have to be playing from behind. Mm-hmm. And if they're not playing from behind they're they're not going to be able to capitalize on that. Judy yeah. won't go more than 50 receiving yards. Cortland Sutton, same with him. Right. So yeah, I, it, like it ties into the argument and, and For that's sure. totally fine with that. But anyways, the fellas full fate of the week. Um, And then my second thing was last week, 
was just absolutely heartbreaking. I had Jerry Judy at 53 and a half yards. He had 53 receiving yards on the day. Just ridiculous. That was brutal. That's that was a brutal beat. Not going to happen this week. I got Michael Pittman higher than 59 and a half receiving yards because he plays the Titans and we pick on the Titans all the time. And we're going to continue to do it now. They have given up at least 75 yards to a one wide receiver in each game so far this year. Twice, they've given it up to two wide receivers in one game. Three wide receivers have hit 100-plus receiving yards, and Pittman has already hit this line twice in the season. So I think if later in the week his receiving, uh, his reception line comes out, I think that's a safer pick than his receiving yards. But at 59.5 yards, that feels way too low against such a just a terrible secondary uh, that the Titans have. So yeah, I got Michael Pittman higher than 59 and a half receiving yards. There it is. Michael Pittman higher than 59 and a half receiving yards. I tried to take a lower last week and freaking Zach Wilson, man, he just had to make me look stupid. He just had to say, watch me go out and have a career day. You chump. No uh. faith in me. My goodness. I'm going to go on to, to someone who I would deem far more reliable than Zach Wilson. <laughs> David Montgomery. Yes. Talked about him earlier in the episode. Higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown on the week. Now, our, our great friends over at Underdog, they have both half a rushing touchdown and half a rushing or receiving touchdown. And you better believe I'm going to take the insurance on a receiving touchdown because this would be the week. This would be the week I would take the rushing touchdown to Monty scores, but he gets a receiving touchdown or not a rushing touchdown. So it wouldn't count. So David Montgomery higher than half a rushing touchdown or receiving touchdown. And I honestly, again, I could just copy and paste my notes from when I talked about the Lions running backs versus the Carolina Panthers defense earlier in the episode. But Monty, he has scored in every single game this season. He has five rushing touchdowns on the season. Yes, three of them came last week, but he has scored in every single game this year. Carolina, they allow a touchdown and a half per game to running backs. And like I said, we're getting the safety cushion here of a receiving touchdown should Monty do something stupid like catch a two-yard screen pass on the goal line instead uh, and find the end zone. So yeah, I am going to go ahead Lock my pick in. David Montgomery, higher than half of a rushing or receiving touchdown this week. So there you go. Two picks to triple your entry. If you sign up for Underdog Fantasy with the code FELLAS, you are going to get a bonus free square as well of a player who will be playing in Sunday's slate. Actually, you know what? If you take advantage of that right now as you listen to this episode, sign up before Sunday or before Thursday night. You're going to get a Justin Fields free square of half total yard. I didn't look up at the lineup and who it is for Sunday, but you will get, if you do it after Thursday, you will get that free square before Sunday. And promo code fellas, they will match your first deposit up to $100. Compare these three together. You can fade our two picks and, and take that free square to six times your entry. Otherwise, Cameron and I are locking in Michael Pittman Jr. higher than 59 and a half receiving yards and David Montgomery higher than half of a rushing or receiving touchdown. Yes, sir. Anything you want to add before we sign off? No. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight. I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter, Camlaw, FFF for Cameron. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, make sure you do that. Turn on those notifications so you know when new episodes are up. Fancy football fellows over there, if you're listening to the audio podcast, we greatly appreciate your support over there. Uh, make sure you leave us a review. Nice little comment as well. Just know that you're listening to the show. We appreciate hearing from you all. 
FFFellas on Twitter if you want the main page. The FFFellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We will see you all here next week on the podcast, but we'll be back later this week with a must-starts of the week YouTube video, a few more shorts throughout the weekend. But we'll see you back here on Monday with the Wave Wire video and Tuesday for the 10 biggest takeaways from week five of action. We'll see you all soon. Deuces. Deuces.